Hi, I'm Andre and you're listening to Inside Remote, a podcast where we share stories from remote work experts and remote companies who are building new era of distributed work. This time our guest is coming from another known company in the remote space. Buffer's contribution to remote work is tremendous and this is the reason why they are a role model company for many entrepreneurs who are running or want to start a company. And Marcus had an interesting career path which a lot of people face, going from a maker to manager. So during his career he went from freelance mobile developer to working as a mobile developer and buffer to becoming an engineering manager there. So having such experience he saw managers from both sides of the table and this is why he wrote many interesting articles and guides on managing people as well as managing yourself. And if we add the experience of working for a remote company this means today we are talking with someone who has a unique blend of expertise and knows how to make asynchronous remote work as a default. So ladies and gentlemen, get ready to learn and enjoy the show, Marcus Vermet from Buffer. Marcus, uh, thank you so much for coming to Inside Remote. Um, I'm really happy to have you as a guest uh, here and love to uh, tackle the topics uh, we're going to be talking today. And um, yeah, uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Just to dive in, Marcus is a really uh, uh, great person. Like I have uh, met on Nomad City uh, previous year, and it was great speaking with him. And coming from that, I he had like a really great presentation about asynchronous work and how um, company like Buffer uh, handles asynchronous work. And this is something uh, which would like to cover here. So to start and dive in, can you tell us a little bit more about what is asynchronous work, Marcus? Yes, uh, cool. Where do I start? This is a big topic. So just also to, to tell the listeners, like I work at Buffer, I'm an engineering manager there. So I do think about those topics a lot, managing people, communication. And uh, Buffer, for those of you who don't know, we don't have an office. We're around 90 people that are um, distributed from Australia to the West Coast of America and all in between. And uh, so asynchronous communication is basically delayed communication, if you want to say it like that. It's basically you say something, but you don't expect an answer right away. That's basically the very gist of asynchronous communication. And um, why do I think or why do we all think it's important? Um, I think Amir, the CEO of Todoist, he put it very nicely, is that um, remote work is nice. We all love it. Um, we all think that it allows us to stay flexible and be all over the place, which is true. Um, but I think the core, the core nugget of remote work, why are we so productive when we work remotely is asynchronous communication. And we'll probably dive in there a little bit. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. asynchronous communication is in a very basic description, delayed communication. Okay, nice. Yeah, this is something which we wanted to get intro to to the ones uh, which don't know like the term, but like however, like a lot of uh, us have tried or like do work uh, asynchronously in some ways. So, can you tell us a little bit more? Like, what is the main reason like people switch to asynchronous work? What What are the benefits compared to like being synchronous? Like, you know, because the first thing which pops to my mind to a lot of people is. You know, but we're not in the same time zone. How can we, you know, communicate or tackle the same issue together? Yeah. So th- there's two main reasons in my eyes. There's probably more, but there's two bigger ones. Um, the first one being the one you already mentioned. Like right now, my team, 
and this is just for a couple of months a year, is split between Taiwan, Germany, UK, and the US. So I can't get my team in one video call, not everyone together. I can, of course, chat to each one of them synchronously, but I can't get them all in together. So that's how, for me, it all started because I had to find ways to catch up with all of them together to get everyone on the same page to basically communicate with all of them together. And um, being split in so many time zones, you have to find a different way. That's where async communication or this delayed communication comes in where I can post something um, or write something in whatever tool, um, in whatever process, but I know that this person will later on see it. So it's basically communication, how you would do it. We just call it asynchronous communication. So for me, the main reason is uh, distribution in time zones. And the other point is that asynchronous communication helps with remote work because it documents everything. It documents your decisions, your conversations, um, your topics that you had in a meeting, everything. Why? Because asynchronous communication is not synchronous, as the name says. So <laughs> it has to be in a different format, right? It can't be me chatting to you as we do right now. It has to be something that is recorded. It has to be a video that's recorded. It has to be audio that's recorded. Or in most cases, it is text that is recorded. So you have mm -hmm. to write something down, and that immediately already helps the transparency and uh, the knowledge sharing in the company to you know, be able to share it to your team, but maybe also to the wider team because it's helpful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how do you like? What is the distribution of uh, mediums you use for asynchronous communication? Like, let's say you mentioned text, audio, video. Like, how do you? What's the distribution for you guys, for example, in Buffer uh, with that? Um, you mean like distribution between text, video, and audio, like percentage yeah, yeah, wise? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say. 80% written and 50 or even 20% video. We don't have audio yet. I know there's some some tools out there that allow this, but I would say 80% is written and 20% is maybe recorded videos or something similar. Mm -hmm. And what do you use for uh, for video, uh, for recording videos? What kind of tool? Well, we use Zoom to record and maybe sometimes mm -hmm. Loom to record little snippets, but it's not about the tools. I just want to highlight it because I know we're going to go into this discussion, but um, <laughs> it's not so much about the tools when it comes to communication. It's just making it fit to your workflow and finding a process that works for you. If Zoom or Loom isn't a tool for you, it doesn't matter. Record your webcam with QuickTime on a Mac and send that. That's also fine. It's important that you just document and have a process for it. Yeah, for sure. And um, going to that, like, what? Uh, let's say that a company would like to start working asynchronously. Like, what would be your, in your way, like, you know, first steps to do um, uh, to to have companies switch from synchronous work to asynchronous in some ways? Um, good question. I think almost everyone already works. Uh, at some point uh, asynchronous, you know, writing an email and not expecting an immediate answer is kind of an asynchronous communication True. in some parts. So um, a lot of us do that already. I don't think there's there needs to be a huge shift. It's just, as I said, writing down your processes, having, you know, having them documented and knowing how we're going to communicate. So if you and me would work together um, and we didn't know how to work together, we would write, okay, 
whenever the other person is not online or whenever we can't, we just we just write things down and then share the document with each other. And um, whenever we need to, you know, we can hop on a video call and talk about it. But mostly we're going to refer to documents or emails or threads, whatever. So I don't think there's like a golden plan or this is how you start a synchronous communication is. Mm-hmm. It involves the whole communication in your company. So if you want to start, you need to like lay it out all in front of you and like figure out, okay, we use this for that. We use this for that. We use this for that. And then kind of have a plan and then just use it that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if I understood it like you mentioned, you mean that like, you know, having like a set of basic set of rules uh, for a whole company. So like, like just having something, you know, like let's say that we communicate this way from now on for the whole company uh, or you think it's possible also to do it like for like for five people first and then, you know, expanding it to other. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's always better to start small. Like if you want to introduce a change in a company, mm-hmm. I experienced that myself. It's always better to start small and do it just with your team and see how it works. Does it work? Cool. Show it to the rest of the company how cool it is or what effects it had. So, um, yeah, starting with your with your team and then introducing it to the company is always better if you're, let's say, not in the leadership um, of the company. If you're like the CEO or whatever, then it's probably different. But if you're just a team lead or an engineer or a designer or a marketeer on one team, just, um, yeah, try it on your team or just try it even with one person and see how it benefits you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great advice. Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, that's a good way to you know start something, test out something first before you know doing, let's say, damage because it might be that you know asynchronous work is not the best fit for for the team or or something or like another tool like just like start smaller and then figure out whether it works and then try to expand. It's like maybe you can apply to other things as well. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's great and. Uh, Going to the to that is like, do you see like, or since you since you had an opportunity to talk like with a lot of uh, teams who work asynchronously, why do you see like main, what are the main challenges of working asynchronous? The main challenges um, that depends on who, who you're going to talk to. If you talk to a company that is mixed, like distributed, and also has an office you're going to find the challenge mm-hmm. a lot that the people in the office are just going to chat to each other in the office and the people that work remotely won't see it. That's a huge challenge when it mm-hmm. comes to remote work, but also to, to the communication style because the people that work remotely won't get to know what happened in the office. So that's where you know this whole process and this whole guideline comes in to understand how we communicate because um, if they don't write it down, nobody else will know. So that's that's, I think, one big challenge in getting other people to do it. Um, let me think, what could be another challenge? Um, I don't think there's just, just this one big challenge because it's communication. You know, Whatever can go wrong in communication, then that's that also affects asynchronous communication. You have to be good see, in, you have to be good in writing, like, or especially if you use writing a lot as we do, um, learning you know getting better at writing is something you can you can do and you can learn um Mm -hmm. to get your thoughts across um yeah i would say those two probably come to mind that's interesting what you mentioned like you know like getting good at writing so like there's a lot of let's say even in interviews or um 
when talking about like uh, improving uh, ourselves, like in let's say in career career wise, there's a lot of talk, you know, like improving domain knowledge, um, improving uh, let's say communication uh, with uh, other teams, like becoming a better manager and stuff. But there's not a lot of talk about how to become a better writer. Like, do you, did you have like any experience before, like or or heard stories where you know company would diligently invest? into people starting to like you know learn to write better or like how do you approach this topic how do you learn to write better yeah very good question i was very bad or i maybe i am still i don't know <laughs> very bad at writing like it, it was never something that came natural to me even you know looking back at my elementary school i had it like in my rep halls like i i struggled with getting my thoughts into written word so mm-hmm. it's not something i've been good at in the past i would say but of course being a manager working remotely you kind of start to write more and you're suddenly confronted with like oh wow i have to write i have to like get my thoughts across now um and what i started with and now i'm on the other extreme um what i started with is just journaling or i wouldn't call it journal well it is journaling just having your notebook in front of you and every day i sometimes make notes sometimes i don't sometimes i do but notes that, you know, stuff that I need to remember or uh, events that happen. For example, today I have like, oh, there's this podcast interview I'm doing and I have to do all those other tasks. Sometimes when I'm in a call, I just make a note. Sometimes I don't, you know, it happens. It has to come naturally or I make a note of, oh, this happened today or I have to do this. So this helped me as a first step to learn a bit more about writing or at least getting my thoughts into a written form, if that makes sense. Even if they're just, all over the place and not really sorted. That's what I did first. And Mm -hmm. then I just went for it and started writing blog posts. You know, like I was very, I felt very vulnerable and very like, oh God, now what do I write now? Like I have this white page in front of me. So yeah, that's that's how I then continued. And it was just last year where I started to write a little bit more in blog posts and share them, which is still a vulnerable thing to do. And now I'm on the other extreme where I'm writing a book, you know, like that, that's, that's kind of the, 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 <laughs> the evolution you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's nice. Uh, and how do you, how do you reflect like whether the message is right? Like, do you, do you edit? Like, do you know, how do you improve? Like apart from just writing and writing and writing and, you know, gradually get better. Like, is there like any other way to do so? Um, I read a lot. Like I really read a lot. So, um, reading especially in english i'm not a native speaker but reading in english helps me to broaden my 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 vocabulary if that makes sense so that's mm-hmm. definitely a big way to improve your writing skill sounds weird but you know reading is very very helpful um then of course always edit your messages even in slack when you write something edit it also take a moment before you send it that's always something when it's a very difficult email or difficult message or something very important to you don't send it immediately write the draft let it sit for a couple of minutes or let someone else look over it um edit it and then send it because sometimes you know you write something down and you think that's good and send it but then you notice oh no i made some mistakes so um editing your your own thoughts your own messages even if it's a one-line message in slack it's always important uh, that's great. Uh, great advice. Uh, definitely, I'm going to take uh, something out of it and try to implement on on my end. It's like I also 
like started, like you said, like very bad at communicating thoughts. Um, well, I'm now I'm getting better, but I still struggle with like pushing out blog posts and you know pushing thoughts out on like let's say a longer uh, in longer messages. As uh, you mentioned, it, it can be intimidating uh, for a start. Yeah, I wanted to ask you something like where like an asynchronous work. We we see that you. You get to be focused more as you know you are your manager of your own time and work and uh, be focused on stuff. Um, however, on the other side, um, how do you innovate quickly uh, within the team uh, when working asynchronous? To give you an example, for example, uh, we'll try to be more extreme, but let's say let's say we have this sprint or a hackathon which happens on the weekend, and we see there's like a lot of iteration happen. When you work synchronous, like with you know three people, discuss ideas and iterate and become better. How do you approach that, like when working asynchronous uh, with a team? Um, this made me. Or think... how do you maintain the? Yeah, how do you maintain speed of iteration? You know, uh, comparing to like working together in an office compared to being asynchronous. Yeah, you, you still do. I mean, it's not that asynchronous communication means that. If you write me on Monday, I answer only in a month, you know, and I, uh, it's not that there's so much time in between. <laughs> okay. um, we did hack weeks at Buffer. I organized the last one. Um, of course, there's sometimes there's a delay, but sometimes that delay is also to the benefit of you when now I'm working on something. And when I go to bed, the person in San Francisco wakes up and can immediately start to work on it. You know, there's kind of sometimes this 24 hours loop. So there's mm -hmm. pros and cons to it. One thing, that I just thought about is the, the challenge part, you know, um, you asked me about the challenge before. So one thing of course is, you know, brainstorming and those synchronous tasks, they become a bit more difficult. So yeah, this is true. Um, but I approach it more in a sense that I see this as a nice challenge to have and finding a new way to do things. So my team will do a brainstorm, you know, soon. So how do we do this with everyone not being able to be in a video call. We'll, we'll find ways, you know, we'll record videos, we'll record audios. So I don't think there's a big difference in speed. There is a difference, but it has other benefits. As you said, there's maybe more deep work that, you know, an engineer or someone else can, can do in that time. So um, in a synchronous world, you have the idea of it moving fast, but in asynchronous work, it's not so different that you know, you come together, you talk about something, and then you kind of go back and work on your own. It's it's not too different. It's not too different. Mm -hmm. There's maybe a difference, but I would say that you kind of make up for it in, in different ways and having more downtime, having more deep work time and being able to focus more, um, which you can't in synchronous. Like if you do a hackathon on the weekend, yes, you are in the same room, but you're also disturbed by so many different things going on around you that... You know, like it's also challenging in that point. So um, give you an example. Our hack week worked well. We had three days, you know, Monday to Wednesday. And we had a Trello board. Engineers put the ideas on. They voted for them and they started to work on them. And then on Thursday, we demoed them. So um, okay. and for those of you who weren't able to attend the demo call, we recorded it and we sent it out. And um, there's ways to do it. I, I, I don't think you should you shouldn't shy away from it. Well, that's great. Uh, I really love like the way <laughs> how you approach the the tackle. Like as 
I've uh, been talking to some teams which are like working in an office and this is one of the, you know, uh, one of the most common thoughts is like, oh, but, you know, our speed, like, whatever, can we maintain the speed uh, with, you know, being in the office or being uh, remote? And you just mentioned like a perfect example. You could do it like yeah, any other way. It's just, uh, <laughs> no, it's the way how you organize yourself. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't need to be in the office or in the same place uh, to communicate uh, effectively. Yeah. And if you never try it out, you never know it, you know, like you can always look in examples. Oh, that's how Buffer does it. That's how do is. That's how automatic does it. But then again, it always comes down to your own company and your own flows. You know, you, you should mm -hmm. never shy away from experimenting with it. And an in-office team can try out asynchronous communication without even going remote. You know, they can just stay in the room and um, talk to each other in written form. Async mm -hmm. doesn't mean people have to be in different time zones. It's more of a, you know, delayed written or recorded way of communicating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Makes perfect sense. And mentioning um, uh, that type of work, like what are the main tools you use for working asynchronous? Where does communication happen mostly for you guys at Buffer? <laughs> the tool question. <laughs> <laughs> um, Again, I, I, I always talk about it, but I, I preface it with it's important that you have a process and no matter what tools we use, doesn't mean you know they're the golden they're the golden key to communication. So um of course Zoom and Slack are I would say the most synchronous tools that we use. Um Zoom, of course, for video calls, you can't do that in an asynchronous way. Um mm -hmm. Then, yeah, Slack is kind of a mix. It can be asynchronous, but it's mostly synchronous, I would say. And we use it for social conversations, real-time conversations, um, when I have to give a quick praise or some gratitude that I want to share, and also not right now messages. So if something, I preface it with R&R, &R so that the person knows they don't have to respond immediately. But sometimes I put them in Slack because that's kind of like going into the office. Um, <laughs> then we use Dropbox Paper, Dropbox Paper or Google Docs. We use mainly for um, documentation, for meeting notes, mm -hmm. for brainstorming, just, you know, outlining the technical details for project um, and similar things. And in the same category for documentation, I would also put Notion. And Notion is mm -hmm. kind of our handbook and our guide. So there's evergreen content in there, stuff that doesn't change all the time, right? Um, mm -hmm. We have our how we take vacations or how Buffer expenses that, you know, like all those things go into kind of our handbook. So it's and, kind of like a wiki, uh, wiki yeah. page. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like okay. a wiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not a wiki as wiki. That's the definition it says. That's why I'm calling it not a wiki. But yeah, if it makes mm -hmm. it easier, it's like a wiki. Um, and then there's the last category, which is kind of a new category. Um, I don't know how to call it those new asynchronous tools. Um, there's tools like Carrot, Threads, or Twist. Those are the ones that I mostly know. There's new stuff called Yak, which is more audio focused, which I'm trying out. So there's various, mm -hmm. various uh, tools out there. And what we use that for, it's a replacement for email. So internally, we don't use any email anymore. And we use it for higher level discussions, making bigger decisions, um, giving in-depth feedback or weekly updates, kind of those things you would send in an email or would have a discussion about, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. 
Well, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing all the uh, all the toolkits you use. And uh, for anyone listening, uh, for any tools, you just need to use uh, a code, Vermut2020, to get a... <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> um, well, no, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, when I ask this question, is just like I'd like to learn, like how companies uh, or like listeners learn, uh, how, what what kind of tools you use, and just like get an inspiration and try. But you mentioned like the most important part: if you don't have a process or like discipline to use the tool and uh, stick to the form of like how to communicate, then yeah. Nothing's gonna very much uh, work, uh, you know. As uh, you can also use like email effectively in some way, but you know you can also have threads totally. with thirty people on it. So <laughs> it depends on how you approach uh, using the tool. Um, great. And coming to one of the last questions is uh, compare like talking about asynchronous work as how do you hire for asynchronous teams like. What are the you know traits you're looking for? Um, how do you recognize that when uh, you start hiring people? Um, yeah, that's a that's a very good question. I think the easiest one to look out for is can that person communicate well? Like, can are they able to you know translate their thoughts into spoken or written word? And then, of course, in your requirements list on the job post, we have you know good good communication skills in English. Like, that's just a necessity otherwise it's very hard to to work with a person so i would say those mm-hmm. two are the more easier ones to look out for um our hiring process is currently still very synchronous with video calls but um i heard someone talking about that maybe we'll 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 start to do more asynchronous hiring um i think automatic does that already fully they do everything in slack you write with that applicant and you you do it there because it reflects just more how you actually will work. So there's mm-hmm. just way you can do this in um, getting maybe an applicant into a closed uh, Slack channel and then writing with them there, letting them fill out the questions beforehand and sending them over in written format, you know? So there's way you, you, can, you can build this into your hiring process, but it's mostly mm-hmm. related to, yeah, writing and communication. Okay. Um, and you mentioned that those two traits, like being a good communicator and, you know, writing well or like speaking uh, English well. How do you test for that? Like, you know, what are the patterns you, let's say that like, I don't know, candidate interviews with you guys, how do you know he's a good communicator? What what are the traits uh, you see? Like, what are the things you see? At, uh, or what's, uh, how does a good communicator look like uh, for the team you're hiring for for example yeah that's that's a good question i can't really i don't know if i can make it that explicit but first of Mm -hmm. all you have the first application right can you understand everything Mm -hmm. that person is writing does it make sense you know that's the first sign like it's written they have to explain like what's their past um what Mm -hmm. do they like about you know their specific field and about our values so there you can already see how that person expresses themselves and how they write you know are they honest? Is this are like they... a cover letter or like you mentioned, like are you talking more about CV owner? It's, it's like a cover letter. We don't have like a specific mm-hmm. cover letter field. We have a couple of questions that the applicants need to fill out. So they already mm-hmm. have to send us text. So if someone is just sending me one line, it's hard to judge that. And there's, you know, it's already tricky to evaluate them if I just have one sentence 
to a question mm -hmm. that could easily be five to ten because it explains their past and what they've done or what what gets ex what they are excited about you know about for example android engineering so that's kind of the first thing to look out for is like are they able to explain themselves or to not write too much. There can also be someone that writes too much and then writes like two pages and has effectively said one thing, you know, that can be mm -hmm. uh, the case too. So that first thing is already a thing to look out for, have something where they apply in a written form. And then, as I said, our process is still quite synchronous, but in video calls or in emails that they write to you, you can already gauge a little bit how they will work with you. Are they, you know, are they opening up? Can they, can you talk with them or do you have to ask a lot of questions? Are they, you know, mm -hmm. able to answer your questions in plain English? Do you understand that? Do they have to look up every second word? You know, there's, there's various things you can look out for. Um, but then it, it, it's just a natural thing you will notice when you then interview someone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that, those are great tips. Like this, this is something which I was looking for, you know, like, because, uh, we hear a lot about like you know being a good communicator, but but what does that mean? Like you know these but like how fast they reply or like how do they reply? Do they ask questions back and uh, stuff like this? And that all relates to it. Yeah, yeah, that all relates to it. It's like that's why I said it's hard to make that explicit um, because there's various mm -hmm. things in it. As you said, you know, there's asking questions. Um, are they just talking very fast? Are they even you know communication is not always just talking. It's also listening, mm -hmm. you know, like there's something called active yeah. listening. But is For that sure. person actually hearing what you asked them? Do they did they hear what you said or are they just continuing to talk about a topic? You know, there's there's various nuances to it. It's not Oh, here's the checklist for a good communicator. It's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, that's true, but uh, I'd love to see let's say um I haven't uh, seen yet, but like, you know, somebody going really deep diving into this topic and figuring out, let's say, uh, just a way or a process on how to effectively um, test for being a good communicator. For somebody who, you know, who doesn't have that much experience doing it. Yeah. I know that, like, you know, doing a tent hire is different than doing the first one. So, you know, sure. the first one, it can be very much helpful if somebody gives you, like, at least a guidance on how to orient it in, like, you know, great or, like, uh, not even great, but just like have an overview of how this person performs uh, on that kind of task. And yeah. especially for remote work, communication is a very important part, right? Because uh, there's a, yeah, there's a, a delay. And if you cannot express yourself good, yeah, you might get into troubles being totally. in another time zone. Uh, Maybe this cool. is worth, um, worth a blog post to be written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's you see there's a, a topic we're exploring that's great marcus uh thanks so much uh for uh sharing your extensive knowledge and thoughts on asynchronous work um where can people reach you um yeah they can mostly check out my website marcus Wermuth, my full name you'll probably see it dot uh, com um and you find the various links then for linkedin and twitter there um you can always find me by searching my name probably on LinkedIn and on Twitter. I'm M-W-E-R-M-U-T-H. But yeah, check out my website and then you'll find all the links there. It's probably easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, and for the last, can you tell us uh, your thought of why asynchronous uh, work is good? Um, I think asynchronous work um, is good because it 
it's what makes remote work work and it makes us all more productive in general. So async communication is definitely something you should look into. Asynchronous is the next default indeed. Thanks again, Marcus, for coming to Inside Remote and thanks everybody for listening to another episode of Inside Remote. If you like what I'm doing and love the show, please give us a rating on iTunes or any other podcast app. This will help us spread our word further and hopefully get more people start working remotely. Thanks again and until next time.